I went shopping this week, and I found a pastor's remote. Next slide. So there's a rewind button on this so that when I say something that offends and confuses our community, you just push the button. And it and then we get to try again. <laughs> what function would you like? Fast forward? <laughs> Let's get over with this. Now, a very, very valuable lesson in communication, and, and I, it's not just for me to learn. I think it's for all of us to learn. It really doesn't matter what we say. It's what people hear. And my words last week caused some to be offended, and it caused some to be confused. And it doesn't matter what I said. It's what people heard. And so I'm apologizing to our community for that. It probably won't be the only time I do that. And so let me, again, let me just share with you what, how I, what I see happen like here. What, what is this? What, what is this? I'm, a li- I'm like three and a half inches, four inches up, but it's not because I'm talking down to you. It's just so I can see everybody. It's not, I, it, this is not a talking down. I'm not preaching at you. I, I think we're having a conversation, and I know it's a one-sided conversation, but just think of all the conversations that you've had that you're just trying to get your words in, but the other person's just running at the mouth. So just, you can look at me every week, That's that guy. He talks for 30 minutes nonstop, and I can't get a word in. (laughs) But then we can go have coffee, and you can have your turn. So truthfully, as as truthful as I can be, if I'm as best I know, I went to each person that I offended this week, and I apologized because my my intention, I I don't intend to offend. That's not my purpose here. Uh, I, I, I have a passion for communicating, so it really troubles me when I don't communicate well. Uh, so if, if I didn't know you were offended and you are still offended, would you please let me know? Because, I again, I don't have, like, maybe there's superpowers on this, maybe. Where's that button? <laughs> you know, I won't know most... I mean, sometimes I know. I knew last week that I knew. But most of the times, I, I probably won't know if I... Uh, if I offend you or I confuse you, and just please know I love to visit. And, I, and, I, and I'm, it's not my, it's not my I, I'm not going to try to convince you that what I said was right. Um, I, my desire is reconciliation. And uh, again, regardless of what I've said, that's not the point, it's what you heard. So anyway, this please, let's, as a community, let's, let's have conversation. We also post our every message we post on our Facebook page or our podcast site. And I'm always asking for comments. Rarely do I get comments. But I really want a conversation. Let's get a conversation going. We're learning together. Remember, we're learning together. And so I'd really appreciate that. So if, you, if there's anything you uh, want to say to me, need to say to me, please, let's, let's take care of it this week um, and not go beyond that. Okay? Now, is, can I push the play button? Okay. <laughs>
<laughs> Otto. Oh, me. Um, last week, we ended Ephesians. And I, and I told you that I was going to let it go, but I can't let it go. Because we ended with this, this just very intriguing phrase. And so I've put up uh, just how different translations end. It's the last verse in Ephesians chapter 6. The New American Standard Version, Grace be to all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ with incorruptible, immortal love. It's that word, incorruptible, that's caught my attention. NIV, grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with undying love, uncorruptible, unending, immortal love. Or, in the footnote, grace and immortality to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the New Living Translation, may God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. And the message says, pure grace and nothing but grace be with all who love our Master Jesus Christ. Now, all of those translations are looking into the Greek text, and we could probably all say, well, it's Greek to me, because <laughs> most of us don't read Greek. And then this was even worse, because when I brought it into this program, it just really... Go back, please. It really it just put all the words together. But... Chorus, grace with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's this, in, that it's a prepositional phrase that ends Ephesians. And it's, it's with this incorruptibility or it's with this immortality or it's with this that pertains to the future life. And really, those that are translating out of the Greek, they, they really, there's options, and really no one knows exactly what was on Paul's mind. It's one of those things we can ask him. But, but what I'm going to go with, because we get to do that, we get to make choices. I, I think Paul is talking about, as, as I'm blessing you, as I'm, I'm ending this letter, and as I'm sitting in prison writing this letter, I, I though I am imprisoned and my circumstances aren't the best, I'm still in a state. I'm experiencing the future life. So, so something of eternity is breaking into my circumstances in the presence, in the present tense. And, 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 and there's something that's incorruptible. There's something that's immortal. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's life that I'm experiencing, even though I'm in captivity. So it's like, even though he's shackled, he's unshackled. I mean, so it's really this, it's really like, wow, that's a part of our faith that we want to explore. And so I'm really, I'm going to jump out of there, because I thought, well, Lord, where, where are some other places in the Bible that talk about things that pertain to the future life that we have coming into the present. And so I went to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So if you would like to join me there. In verse 8. Sure, please. He'll stand and I'll read. 
Love never dies. That is, love never comes to an end. That is, love is immortal. Love is eternal. This is God's love, agape. It's eternal. Inspired speech. That would be the gift of prophecy. We'll be over someday. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding that is the gift of knowledge, the spiritual gift of knowledge, will reach its limit. It'll be, it's over too. We know only a portion of the truth. And what we say about God is always incomplete. But when the complete arrives, our incompletes will be canceled. They'll be fulfilled. When I was an infant in my mother's breast, I gurgled and cooed like any infant. When I grew up, I left those infant ways for good. We don't yet see things clearly. We're squinting in a fog or looking into a mirror, peering through a mist. But it won't be long before the weather clears, the sun shines bright, and we'll see it all then, see it all as clearly as God sees us, face to face, no more image out of a mirror, knowing Him directly, just as He knows us. But for now, until that completeness we have three things to do to lead us toward that consummation. Trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly, love extravagantly, and the best of these is love. Please have a seat. What I believe Paul is talking about, is he's talking about the body of Christ as a person. He personifies the body of Christ. We as ordinary people following Jesus, learning together, living together, being a local expression of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is everybody that knows and follows Jesus around the world. It's this personified image of what the church is. I believe he is telling us in this that the body of Christ, since its inception at Pentecost, is moving, it's growing, it's moving toward maturity. So when he talks about when the complete comes, he's talking about when the church of Jesus Christ reaches its full maturity. And I went back to Ephesians in chapter 4. You may not have remembered this verse, but in chapter 4 it says, This will continue. That is the gifting of individuals to build up and equip the church. That's going to continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature. In the Lord, and that maturity is measured by we're full, that full and complete standard of Jesus. The body of Christ, people following Jesus, will mature to a point that we together, around the globe, we actually look and act like Jesus. Then we'll no longer be immature like children. The reason I picked that verse is because there's that same play of maturity, immaturity here as there is in 1 Corinthians 13. And so the completion is when, we're, when we reach that full stature of Christ. And so as we're moving along as a community of people, we're never static. I mean, if, if we ever get static, if we ever decide, well, we've arrived, we're happy to be where we are, whether it's individually or corporately or in relationship with each other outside there, the other people around us that are believers, we're in a bad place because the purpose of God is to keep maturing us. He's going to keep changing us. We're going to keep being transformed. 
And that process is always going on. How many of us have watched our children move from immaturity to maturity? And is that process just, man, that's just the best process? And Anybody have a word for that process? <laughs> it's, it can be exhausting. It can be challenging. It can be very rewarding. And I've watched, I've watched our children. It's like immaturity, maturity, back to immaturity, maturity, back. To, it's this, you're agreeing. Thank you, Kate. Uh, it's this process, and it's this life process, and we see it so well in our families, but we have a hard time seeing it among ourselves as people following Jesus. And not only here between us in our relationships, but also between us and others around the globe. God is maturing the body of Christ, and it's a messy process, challenging, ebb and flow, rewarding, but still very challenging. So I think that's what Paul is saying, and he's saying right now, right now we we know and we prophesy and we see only in part, or he could even say, Immaturely, we, as, as, as precious as these spiritual gifts are that he's giving, because that's what the, the gift of knowledge, the gift of prophecy, those are precious, but they're not perfect because we're not perfect. So God is giving these special graces to us to come through us people that aren't perfect. And so the gifts come out immaturely as a child but but we're still making pro- we're going to we're going to keep maturing so we're not going to stop so the gifts of grace are given to help the body of Christ mature and they're gifts that are going to be around until we get to that place of maturity and i'm going to guess that we're not going to get to that place of maturity until like the day before Jesus comes back i mean i'm just guessing i don't know that But it seems that's what the message of the New Testament is. That we're going to keep moving toward the full stature of Christ. And I would just, I really want all of us to be in agreement. That, yes, that's, we want that. Not you want that. We want that. That's it. That's what Jesus wants. That that we want to become like Jesus together. And we want to keep moving that direction. And we, we just have to accept we're not there yet. But he keeps pouring grace into our lives and we keep receiving that and we express it in some ways imperfectly and in part, and in, but that's we're still making progress. So we're growing up. Well, as we're growing up, there is a steady diet of three things from eternity that he keeps pouring into our lives. These three things are available now. The three things are really the staples of our diet as a community of people. And they're going to be good for now. They're going to be good for later because they're, they're eternal. They're immortal. They're incorruptible. These three never come to an end. It's not that love never fails. It's that it never, you never get to the end of God's love. 
God will never say, well, you've exhausted my love. There's, it's, it's endless. Because it's eternal. And it's incorruptible. It's immortal. It keeps coming. And so there's not this shelf life on these three things. And these three are available not in part, but in full. So it's like the complete vitamin. I mean, you're getting, we're, we're getting the f- a full dose of three things are available to us now. And the last thought was that these three allow us to partake of the future life in our present circumstances. So it re- doesn't matter what our present circumstances are. They can be really good, they can be really bad. But God is still putting these future installments into our life. So we get to be a people very much living in the present, but a people of the future. So our future has begun. So the future really has broken into the present. And that's one of the things that makes us so unique is we are people, as we mature, that are exhibiting to the world what the future is going to be. Wow. These three, by now you've probably guessed, faith, hope, and love. And I like what the message does with faith. It's, it's to trust steadily in God. So as a community of people, as someone that gets to stand before you and encourage and, and to recognize and want us to be in this process, my, my job is to say, you know, we need to keep reminding ourselves to trust steadily in God in spite of any circumstance in life. Trust steadily in God. When things are good, trust steadily in God. When things are bad, trust steadily in God. Faith, faith. And that faith, you know, you've been, those of you that know, you've, it's, it just, it's driven me nuts over the past 10 years that so much around us is about fear. Faith overcomes fear. So I, I want to keep reminding us, no, we're, God has not given us a spirit of timidity. God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has given us a spirit of faith. We can trust Him even when things are bad. Hope. Hope unswervingly. Now, as I thought about that hope, again, we got a pillow. Somebody turned it upside down. Hope was upside down this morning. That wasn't right. We're a people of hope. We have a God of hope. If we're going to be molded and shaped into the, the image of Jesus, it's going to be a people of hope. And, and so pessimism and gloom and doom, that's not what our message is. That's not the message of the gospel. There is a God who has bound him. There's a God who said, there is something really wrong on the planet. They can't take care of it, so I'm going to take care of it. So there is a God who's made himself known as the God who will set everything right there is a god of justice he's revealed from genesis i mean the day adam and eve made the faithful choice that plunged the universe into rebellion and darkness god said i'm going to do something about it 
And he has. And that's what the story of the Bible is all about. A God who's done something about our really bad choices. And he has bound himself. I mean, this isn't about us. It's about him. I will set everything right in my universe. It's my creation. I made it all. The stars are mine. The heavens are mine. The earth is mine. Every one of us in this room, you're mine. I'm going to set everything right in your life. That's his promise. What? I mean, I mean, what other hope do we need? We can't let go of that. So I just thought of, well, what? I mean, let, I mean, just come up with the worst conspiracy theory you can. Just, I mean, there's lots of secular conspiratorial thinking. Or there's lots of prophetic messages that are really gloom and doom. And then here's the thing. What if? I mean, a lot of us have been brought up, well, I'm not going to worry about it because there's going to be a rapture and I'm just going to be out of here. And I'm, so I'm not going to go through the seven years tribulation. Well, what if we did? I mean, is there a guarantee? Is there a guarantee that that theological conclusion is right? I can tell you it's not. It's one option. I would not serve you well if I said, well, let's just go with that option. That's the best option. If, if I'm not helping prepare your heart, that if indeed we were in the tribulation together going, what happened? I, I thought you told us we weren't going to be here. I, th- I guess really I'm trying to save my hide because she'd be really upset with me. But even, even if we were, you see, as a matter of fact, when John is writing to the seven churches in Revelation, they were in tribulation. And what did he write to them? There is a hope. Don't let go of it. Don't let go of it. Even in the worst of circumstances, don't let go of the hope that is in the good news of Jesus. And then love. Love extravagantly. We're not talking about wishy-washy love. We're talking about love with substance. Now, we're talking about, if you back up, and we've all read 1 Corinthians 13, I believe, love is exhibited in our actions. We're patient people. We're kind people. We are slow to judge people. I mean, one of the things I did early, again, thanks to Young Life, is Young Life taught me to go back and put my name, you know, rather than love, put your name in. Scott is patient and kind. God is, Scott is not quick to judge. Well, I do that occasionally for adjustment. Why? Because I'm not complete yet. I'm not mature yet. There's still immaturity in me. And so I keep being challenged. We as a community, are we kind? Are we patient? Are we slow to judge? I mean, are we a people of love? You know, one of the scary prophecies that Jesus says, in the last days, the love of most will grow cold. And do you realize when he says the love of most will grow cold, he's talking about believers? The love of most believers toward each other, toward God, toward the world, will grow cold. Well, we want it. Well, no way. Well, no, whoa, whoa. Because God keeps, we, there's love available. We can keep receiving it. The Holy Spirit will pour God's love into our heart. We just have to say, please, I'm not very lovable, and I'm not very loving. So please 
poured in, we can keep praying that prayer so we can be a people of love. So these three, faith, hope, and love, are installments from the future coming into the present now. So I wonder, I just wonder, how are we doing? I mean, how are we partaking of the future life in the midst of our present immaturity? I mean, the, the Bible is a great leveler, isn't it? We're, we're, still, we're still kids. We're still childish in so many ways. And so we're really living as the immature kids, moving towards maturity. But how is something of faith, hope, and love, how are we doing partaking of that? So I just want to ask, I want to ask for a year, I'm going to repeat what you say, because I would like it to be recorded. But I want to ask, would you identify where we as people are fearful? What are some of our fears today? Gabe? If we really are fear, fearful of the family, where's the, what's happening to the family? The family seems to be falling apart. So we're fearful concerning family. Connor? Poverty. We're fearful about economic things. Good. We're fearful about Islam. What in the world is up with 1.6 billion people? We're fearful of that. Okay? Yes? Okay, man, who opened that door? Could somebody close that door? Yeah, there's, I mean, like gross immorality that can come into each of our homes through the Internet. Okay, what are some of our fears? Health. Health. Yeah. What else? What are our fears? We need to talk. <laughs> yeah, we, we've had a crisis. I mean, how long have we had a crisis of leadership? We, we, there really has been a crisis of leadership for really quite some time. But yes, that's still one of our fears. Parenting correctly. Is there a correct way? Yeah, we, again, we, we want, we have fear. Am I bringing my kids up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord? Okay, th- those are our fears. Now, the question is can we be a community of faith where we can, thanks for the, everybody that acknowledge, we have some fears. But can, be, can we be a community that says, you know, these are our fears? But through faith, we're going to face our fears. When I was a kid, I um, lived in Oklahoma City for a time, and there were horrible thunderstorms that came through the night. And for whatever reason, and I don't know, again, just unspoken things that happen in families, I wasn't supposed to tell anybody when I was terrified. So I sat in my bed, and I just, I mean, teeth chattering. <laughs> and I, just, I was alone in my fear. We don't need to be that way. We don't have to be that way. 
We can share our fears. And there is faith that together we can apply and overcome our fears. What about pessimism? Are we pessimistic? About, again, just invite you. Is there, are you pessimistic about anything? Okay? I, I, it just doesn't seem that change is going to happen. Change for the better just seems to be elusive. And I'm just, I'm giving up in a, in a sense. Nothing's going to change. Okay, that's, that's pretty doom and gloom, dark. Anybody else? Okay, pessimistic about work. <laughs> okay, things, things are hard. We have to work. Do I have to always have to work? Okay, what else are you pessimistic about? Government. Wow. Whew. Government's consuming a lot of money. Things are out of control. What else are we pessimistic about? One, one more. What? Yeah. Yeah, hope deferred makes a heart sick. The dreams I've had, well, they're just it's not going to happen. So I just live under a cloud, dark cloud. Well, again, we can, we can admit we have, we're pessimistic about something. We can be honest about that. And then can we be a community of hope that says, yeah, we have this pessimism, but there is hope. We have hope. And how can we encourage each other? Last one. Are, are we angry about anything? Are we living with anger? Unresolved. It's okay to get angry, yet don't let the sun go down your anger. We learned that in Ephesians. But are we walking around with some unresolved anger? Anybody angry about anything? This is, this is a hard one to admit. Yeah, Gabe? Angry with who? I'm angry with myself. I just keep falling short. I'm angry with my family. You know, as the family falls apart, there, there can just be generated anger. David? Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm stuck. Yeah. You know, none of us like to be stuck. You know, it's like, Ugh, get me out of here, and I'm angry about that, okay? It's good. Can we be honest with our anger? I mean, I love those conversations. You seem to be angry. I'm not. <laughs> can, can we be you know we had a leaders meeting and one of the greatest things that was said was can we be as a community can we be vulnerable with each other because aren't kids vulnerable and, and when kids are vulnerable don't we like help kids get over some stuff and in this some like when we are angry and we can admit it and it's not going away can we just kind of keep reminding ourselves that there, there is love. 
And love really deals with our anger. Faith, hope, and love. We want to be a community that is maturing towards the fullness of Christ Jesus with regular, like weekly or more, deposits of faith, hope, love, in abundance again and again and again so that we're partaking of the future life in the present. And so we're overcoming the circumstances that we're living in. That's the kind of community we want. That's, that's one of the ways that those things that are incorruptible, those things that are immortal, become something of substance in our life today. Would you like to stand with me? I'd like to invite you to identify for yourself. You may say, you know, I need, I need faith, hope, and love. I need all three, and I need all three bad. Well, try, if you can, could you just kind of identify I need faith more than I need hope, or I need hope more than I need love, or I need love more than I need hope? Just of those three, faith, hope, and love, which one do you need the most in your life today? So just an interesting, just where we are as a community. Who, who feels they're more in need of faith? If you'd raise your hand. Okay, great. How many of us are in need of hope? Okay. How many of us are in need of love? Okay. The hope, the hope had it. The most of us, more of us need hope more than the other two, which... It's just interesting. Well, this is what we're going to do. Our God is a God that gives gifts, and He loves to give them. No strings attached, in abundance. This is one of the amazing things about God in the day that we live. God isn't saying, I'll give you this gift if you'll straighten up your act. He doesn't say that. He says, here's the gift. It's the grace of God that teaches us to say no to. See, He so overwhelms us with mercy and grace that the things that are wrong with our life that we know are wrong with our life, He deals with it because He's putting good things into our life that displaces the things that we're not happy with. So please, no one say, you know, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. He's already decided you're worthy. And so... Could we all just kind of open our hands? And that's a reflection of opening our heart. And let's just ask God to fill our lives with faith and hope and love. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We come in that name because all authority in heaven and earth has been granted to him. We come and we pray in the name of Jesus because Jesus is our king And we are citizens of his kingdom. And Father, we come to you because we recognize that we're immature, that we're imperfect. We come to you because we know we're very much living in the present with hopes of the future. And we we recognize that you want to put something into our life today that would sustain us in the present. 
So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would pour faith into each of us that need that faith today. Would, would you just, in the supernatural way that you do, fill us with faith? Holy Spirit, would you fill us with hope? You're the God of hope. Would you give hope to each of us that's in need of hope today? God, you're love, and love is yours to give. Would you pour your love into our hearts? Fill us up with your love. Jesus, while we can know in part and while we can see dimly, we can receive faith, hope, and love in abundance. So thank you for these gifts. Keep imparting those to us. May we be a community that is maturing towards your full stature and a community that regularly says, Lord, fill us with faith. Fill us with hope. Fill us with love. In your name, amen. Thank you for our time together.